Hey, good morning, everyone. I hope you're having a great morning. I hope you've had a great Thanksgiving. Uh, maybe you've gotten to be with friends and family. I hope so. Uh, if not, uh, I want you to know that we care about you and we love you and we thank you that uh, you would tune in with us this morning to uh, to worship with us. Um, I want to share with you um, continuing on uh, in the series that uh, we've been doing together through the armor, uh, the armor of God. And uh, this particular uh, week is really kind of wrapping us up on this. And I'm excited about that. I, I like when I get to the end of things and uh, get to finish something. But I, I feel like that this has been worthy of our time together. And uh, I've had lots of people message and say things to me. And I, I just want you to know, I appreciate that. I appreciate uh, the feedback uh, when the Lord is speaking to you through um, his scriptures or my uh, being silly or whatever it is. Uh, it, it does mean a lot. And so uh, anyway, this uh, this week we're talking uh, and finishing out with a couple of things, but uh, may, one main piece of the armor is left uh, and then something that we can do to follow up on all of it. Uh, and so we'll talk about those things today. Uh, the thing that we're talking about today is the sword, uh, the sword. And, uh, you know, swords are not something that we often talk about because we don't use swords a whole lot these days. Um, first of all, uh, you know, swords are, you know, something kind of a different time period, a weapon from a, uh, you know, a, a days gone by, I guess you could say, and that kind of thing. Uh, but um, uh, I want to read back through uh, the the passage that we've been reading through all these weeks together uh, and want us to come to the sword and then talk about the sword uh, for just a little bit and uh, and check this out. So let, let's do this together. Uh, Ephesians 6, verse 10, and it says, it says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. And that is still carrying through with us today and says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against uh, the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So... The sword, we talked about the helmet of salvation last week, and, and this week, the, the latter part of verse 17, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. We don't even have to, we don't have to wonder what that is. I mean, it's telling us uh, exactly what that is. Paul is uh, telling us what he's talking about here. And again, he has built on all these pieces of the armor each, each you know, step of the way. And, and this one is no different. In fact, this one is different uh, than the other pieces of the armor. If you take uh, into, uh, you know, the the thought of, you know, that all the pieces of the armor we've talked about, shields and shoes and breastplate and, you know, all helmet and all these things, they're, they're pieces of protection. But think about a sword. A sword obviously can provide protection, but it provides protection in how you use it. It's a weapon. The sword is a weapon. And so he has chosen 
to talk through this last piece, he's chosen to give us the sword of the Spirit, which we'll talk about that in a minute, which is the Word of God, and he's giving the Word of God legs as a weapon. Now, this is this is an interesting thought, um, and it brings power, and we, we know that there's power in God's Word, uh, without a doubt. Uh, and, and the Word is... is uh, you know, first of all, I think it's worth noting uh, that we believe that uh, that God's word, that the Bible is is His word, that it's from Him, uh, and that it's perfect, and that it's complete from beginning to end, and uh, that there's no reason to add to it or take away from it or any of those things. Uh, but you you take into effect all those things, and also that we believe that it's God breathed; it was Spirit. Spirit led as it was written. So, like in this particular context, Paul wrote this, um, but Paul was being led by the Spirit to write it. Uh, and so, with that, you know, we have what is uh, quite possibly is the most powerful and effective uh, weapon, offensive actual weapon uh, that we have against Satan. And so, you know, I think, you know, part of the reason we got into the series was, you know, like we're all curious about, you know, what are ways that I can combat uh, Satan and, and against the things of darkness and against sin and all those things. And, and here we have, you know, one, one of the, well, it is the biggest thing that we have, uh, the most powerful and effective weapon uh, against Satan himself. Um, and it is that. It's a weapon. It's not just like a shield. Uh, a, sh- a shield is great for protection. A weapon is actually used not just to protect, but to harm an opponent. Uh, and the word... God's word gives us God's promises. Now, this is this is an interesting piece, um, and and with that, you know, comes up and comes to light all of these things that the Lord has, has promised us over the years, uh, and and with that, we can pray and be reminded of those things and reminded of those truths, um, and you know. As, as a weapon should, as a sword should, it cuts. Uh, it cuts at the devil. Uh, and so, again, not just like the other pieces of armor that are just pieces that protect. Uh, it is something that we actually use against him. Let me kind of give you a case in point. Uh, we see Jesus go into the desert. Um, and uh, when Jesus goes into the desert and is tempted by Satan, he's tempted three times. And if you go and you look through that passage, one of the things that you see is you see that that the devil tempts Satan three times, and he does so with the same types of temptations that he has already done with Israel. And in Israel's uh, circumstance, they kind of failed, uh, just to be honest. Uh, but Jesus does not fail. In fact, not only does he take on these temptations and is he tempted in those moments, but in, he's, he doesn't fall into temptation. And how we see him combat the devil in that scenario is that he actually answers with Scripture. He answers with Scripture. So I think it's important for us to notice what Jesus does there. He's laying groundwork. He is an example for us. We see that he takes scripture and uses it against the devil in those moments. I mean, this is Jesus. I mean, does he really even have to do that? I mean, he's doing that to give us something to pay attention to. He is Jesus. He is God and he is Lord over Satan. I mean, Satan has no control over Jesus. And so 
in those moments when Jesus answers with Scripture, what ends up happening is it says he drives, in the end, he drives the devil away uh, for some period of time. And I think that that's a very powerful statement for us, uh, you know, to recognize that something that Jesus did is something that we can do, that we also can take Scripture and use it as a sword, use it as a weapon. Uh, you know, swords are an interesting thing because uh, obviously it's, it's a lot like a knife, only it's, you know, big and long usually. And it has two sides. So, you know, swinging it either way will hurt your opponent. Um, and I think for us to even think about using a sword, if you're like me and, and you're saying, hey, you know, uh, you're going into war uh, in an hour, here's a sword, and this is all you've got to use. Well, <laughs> you know, that's, a, that's an interesting statement uh, to think uh, that you're going to somehow like just all of a sudden uh, know how to use a sword. I mean, I don't know how to use a sword. Uh, I, I remember I had a friend, uh, and I've probably talked about this before, but I had a friend of mine when we were uh, in high school and we went on a youth retreat to Gatlinburg and we snuck away and he bought a sword at China Bazaar uh, and he totally wasn't supposed to do that. And so then the rest of the trip, we had to hide a sword, a samurai sword. I mean, for goodness sake. And so, you know, when I think about sword, I'm thinking about that thing. I'm thinking about like, oh, I'm supposed to like start defending myself with that. I'm supposed to hurt somebody, my opponent with that. Uh, yeah. No. So like any weapon, talk to talk to anybody that uses weapons on a daily basis. Talk to a soldier. Talk to a police officer. Talk to anybody in, 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 that, in that world. And they will tell you that weapons must be learned. You have to learn how to use them. You have to practice. Um, if you don't practice, I mean, what, what's going to happen? What's going to happen if like, you get sent into war and you've never used this weapon before? I don't care what it is. Uh, what, what if it's, even if it's a gun or something, if it's something you haven't gotten familiar with, then you're out of luck. You know, you, you can't, you probably won't know how to use it. You probably won't know what to do. And so the practice is important. The practice is, is so important for us uh, that we spend time in God's word. You see how that works, right? I mean, think about moments in your life when things have come up and we have, you know, uh, passages of scripture talk about, you know, that God, you know, will hide his word in our heart. Well, that means we have to have read that word at some point in time first. And so whether it's a spending time alone in scripture and practicing in God's word, being familiar with it, knowing who he is, knowing his promises, know how they uh, dismantle uh, the lies of Satan in so many uh, instances of our life. That's so huge for us. Like we have to see that. Uh, so we're called to do that alone. We're also called to do that together. Uh, and so uh, as iron sharpens iron, uh, and is all very fitting and works together with all of the other scripture uh, speaking to this, uh, we see that uh, we sharpen one another with God's word, and we need that. That is an important part of my life. Uh, I meet with uh, people once a week, guys once a week, uh, where uh, we spend sometimes just a little bit of time in the Word, and sometimes we spend a long time uh, in the Word. But either way, we're seeking to learn something together about who God is and what Jesus has done in the truth of the gospel. Uh, us not spending time in the Word, 
means we will never hide his word in our hearts. And I got to tell you, I don't I don't feel like I'm a Bible encyclopedia. I am constantly leaning on other things to help me study and learn about who God is and all those things and to guide me through studying scripture and whatnot. Um, and that being said, uh, you know, as, as I'm constantly doing that, and that's a constant important thing for me, I've realized along the way, as I get into situations where I don't know what to say, I don't know what to do, and then all of a sudden, boom, God lays something on my heart. God lays part of a verse on my heart. He helps me to be reminded of a story in Scripture all of a sudden that I haven't thought about in so long. There's been so many times that 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 has happened to me. And it's not because I'm a pastor. It's not because I'm a preacher. It's just because I've been spending time in God's Word on and off throughout the last many years of my life. And so for us to be good with this weapon, we need to do the same. I mean, think think about think about like this. Think about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Think about Michelangelo. Think about him and his nunchuck skills. I mean, he wasn't that good overnight. Master Splinter helped him be the unbelievable uh, fighter that he is with nunchucks. Have you ever seen a kid given a set of nunchucks? I mean, a kid, a kid with a set of nunchucks is like five seconds away from hitting himself in the head or somewhere else is going to hurt himself. I mean, it's just America's Funniest Home Videos waiting to happen. Um, we need practice with our weapon. And so an important piece, I think, for us to understand is that the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, is something that God has given us not just to protect us, but for us to use it against Satan and and for us to use it in this world as we as we navigate every day of our life. In fact, 2 Timothy verse 3 verse uh 2 Timothy 3 verse 16 says this. It says all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction and for training in righteousness that the man of God must be complete equipped for every good work. This passage helps us to see something that's so important for us, and that's that it it is what can help mold and shape our path. Uh, in fact, I'll put it to you like this. Think think about it like this. If if we were only acting on what are good and bad things to do, and we're trying to do good things, uh, well, then we might not fall into a sin because uh, we don't want to disappoint someone. We don't want to let someone down. Maybe that's a friend, a parent, a brother, a sister, a child, a, uh, somebody at church, or your pastor, whatever it is. You know, if we make if we make us following Jesus about that. If we make it about not doing bad things and making sure we do good things, listen, I'm here to tell you, we will talk ourselves into every single time eventually believing, well, I can get away with that and they're not going to know. I'll, I'll get away with that and it won't hurt them, you know, kind of thing. And the truth is, is what we do is we make it about morality versus the gospel. You see, the gospel changes us. God's word changes us. And so suddenly when <clears throat> we, because, you know, what we, what we see Jesus in the desert is Jesus doesn't say, oh, no, I'm not going to fall for that because I don't want to let my people down. 
he comes back with the word. And when he interjects the truth into that, it guides hearts. It guides our hearts when we do that. When I spend time in God's word, my heart is changed. Whereas I may be a little bit this or that on that day when I start getting into his word, maybe it's bitter or angry or whatever it is, just any of the things in life, my heart begins to be changed because there's power in the word. Uh, And so I think it's important for us to recognize all scripture breathed out by God, profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. God is wanting to equip us to be able to do the things that he has called us to for the very reasons that he has created us. And let me tell you what, when we can fall into those places of what God has created us to do to bring him glory in this world, use us for his glory to make him known, amazing things begin to happen. And it's an amazing thing to get to be a part of that uh, in our lives. Uh, I'll share this with you. Psalm 119, 105 says this, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. It leads us, leads us. The Holy Spirit leads us through His word. And I, and I think I've got a, a collection of things here I just want to share. Uh, got some of these from Tim Keller. Um, And it says this, it says, uh, it directs us, his word directs us, his word addresses our struggles, his word confronts our sins, and his word points us repeatedly back to Jesus. We need those things. I need direction. I need help with struggles in life. I need my sins to be confronted, and I need somebody and something constantly pointing me back to the Lord, back to Jesus to be reminded of what he has done for us, that the father sent his son to die the death that I deserve for the sin I've committed. And instead he said, believe in me and you will have eternal life. Your sins will be forgiven. You will be given new life. You'll be given purpose. What an amazing thing. The spirit is the author of all scripture and he will speak to us If we let him, you know what that means, right? That means sometimes we got to slow down. That means sometimes we've just got to say, you know what? Time out. I need to spend some time with the Lord. This is very hard for us. This is very hard for us. But, But let me put it to you like this. It is like drinking from the well that we didn't know we needed so badly. If we seek the Lord and really make it about that and not make it about a book report. And we seek him. He will work in our hearts. He will begin to prune and cut on us as we need him to do at times. He will also encourage us. He will also help us to see we're not in this alone. He will also help us to be reminded that we are truly loved. The message of the gospel is that God loved us first. And it's because of that that we can love. As far as Scripture goes, if you know it and you're not having to practice it in the middle of the war, uh, God can do amazing things through that. 
if we have spent time with him, he will use that in our lives to do amazing things. And instead of being thrown into the middle of battle with a weapon that we don't know how to use, suddenly those things that have been hidden in our hearts come out. I'll share this with you. This is the rest of the passage that I want to share out of Ephesians 6. And it says this. This is starting in uh, verse 20. I'm sorry, verse 18, 18 through 20. It says, Praying at all times in the Spirit, with prayer and supplication, to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for the saints, and also for me that words may be given to me in, in opening my mouth boldly to, boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. This passage is challenging us to do something, and it falls after all of the armor that we have studied through. It is challenging us to pray. So after he's given us all of these pieces of the armor, then he says this, praying at all times in the Spirit, trusting in the Spirit that he can lead us. That's how we approach God's Word. That's what we want to do. And with all prayer and supplication, to that end, keep alert with all perseverance. So he's saying, don't just, don't just get your fire insurance. Don't just uh, you know, believe in Jesus and then just go lay down on the job. No, there's, there's a part for us. Keep alert with perseverance, making supplication for all the saints, praying for all the saints, asking God to intervene, to work through them, to use them. And also for me, he says, he's talking about himself, Paul, and uh, that he's wanting, he also wants us to pray for him, uh, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel. And there we have it. We have our calling in this crazy war, this crazy spiritual war, the thing that we've been called to do, to open our mouths boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, to tell others about Jesus, to tell others what he's done in our lives, to share his love with those people. And for us to be reminded that we are called to that, just as Paul was called to that, is an important thing as I think God has, has literally given us this scripture and then wrapped it where we see front, middle, back, God's words included. The truth, the word, all of these things all come. But with that reminder of that very first verse, what does it say? Verse 10, finally, be strong in the Lord in the strength of his might. God is calling us to faithfully follow him, to trust his word, to be reminded of his promises, to find encouragement in them, and then literally to use those things to poke holes in the lies that Satan comes at us with. That yes, we have armor that will protect us, and it looks like all these different things. And in the end, we also have a weapon. We have a weapon that we can wield in protecting ourselves, protecting others, and encouraging others, and fulfilling the call that we have to proclaim who Christ is in this world. For us, the armor is something that the Lord has given us. And I pray that we would be a people that could use it well, 
to provide protection, but also to be able to have an offensive, to be able to attack when necessary, to attack lies, to attack those things that we need to be reminded that are lies that are not true and that God wants to use in our hearts and in our lives, His truth to do great things for His kingdom. A sword and a prayer. That's what God has given us. He's given us a sword and He's called us to prayer. May we be those people that will proclaim His name as we go in the days to come. Let's pray together. God, thank You so much, Lord, for all that You've done for us. Lord, I pray that you would lead us through your word as we study it, as we hold it in our hearts. Lord, help us, Lord, to be directed by it. Lord, help us, uh, Lord, to lean on it, Lord, in times that we are struggling. Lord, uh, use it in our lives to confront the sin, those little pet sins or whatever they are in our lives that we think are not really hurting us. God, help us to see the truth from that and, Lord, point us continually back to you. Lord, we need you to do that. God, thank you for giving us your word. Thank you that we can trust in it. Thank you for how it brings us peace. Lord, just I pray, Lord, that we we would do our part in seeking you, in knowing you, in practicing with that weapon. Lord, leaning on you and on your word. God, thank you for the sword that is your word. And thank you that we can come to you and pray that you would utilize it in our lives. Lord, lead us as we go. We ask this in your son's name. Amen.